Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the Caged In podcast. Uh, this week we will be looking at The Rock, released in 1995 and I will be joined by a guest this week who is Mike from the podcast Introducing You. Um, on that podcast he goes by the name of That Mr. Christopher and of what I've listened to, it's an amazing podcast. He um, he just talks to everyday, ordinary people with amazing stories. And just like stories that you just don't normally hear. Obviously a lot of podcasts are people who, I don't know. It's interesting to hear podcasts, to hear conversations with people who could also be on the same like plain as you as it were they're not they're not celebrities they don't have fantastical lives they may just have ordinary and normal lives like you and me and um yeah i actually once we'd recorded this episode uh, me and mike sat down and he recorded an episode of his podcast with me um i'm not sure when that is going to be released but as soon as i know you will know i will put it on all of the social medias which are Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, they're the ones I fucks with, they're the ones I update regularly, uh, probably Instagram and Twitter are the ones I use the most, Facebook seem to be slacking a lot of the time, but oh, what are you going to do, um, but yeah, and that's all at Caged In Pod, and yeah, as soon as I know when that one will be released, I will let you guys no, and obviously get those motherfucking rules out of the way nice and early now. For those of you who have listened before, feel free to skip over. For those of you who haven't, obviously I don't expect everyone to start this podcast from the beginning because you might not know Valley Girl, you might not know Rumble Fish or Peggy Sue Got Married or Red Rock West, but I feel like The Rock is one people are gonna know. So, the rules I have for the podcast are no distractions and no expectations, and they're pretty simple. Uh, no distractions. So, when we watched the film, me and Mike turned off our phones. We just didn't. We didn't look at laptops or anything like that. We were just engaged with the film. Um, and then, no expectations. So, before watching this film, I had never seen this film, so I didn't look at any scores and look at any trailers 
I didn't even know till partway through this film that it was, well, until the credits came up, that it was directed by Michael Bay. That's how much I didn't know about this film. I obviously knew that it had Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery in it and Ed Harris, but that's just because they're on the front cover of the box and I can't avoid that shit. Um, this one was real interesting because Mike grew up watching this film and loves it and it was kind of interesting to come across and like well not come across but like kind of come at it with that thing of someone who is invested a lot of time and he said it's kind of a staple film that he used to watch all the time growing up and I obviously come in it come to the film with this real cynical view of someone who is just fucking trudging his way through these Nicolas Cage films so I'm going to come in, I'm going to like, I kind of feel like it's my job in this podcast to point out the things in these films like, what the fuck is that? Why, why the fuck is that happening? Uh, and yeah, I, I'm not sure if I ruined the, like, I ruined the film for him at all. Uh, I'm not sure. Like, I hope I didn't. Um, yeah, like, let's get to it and see how I fared with it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this is a real fun one. Mike's a real real cool guy had um had never met him before in person and he was lovely enough to drive down to brighton and record this with me so um yeah let's just get raging with cage feels like i've been awake for days watch a film starring nicholas cage could be shit or it could be fun valley girl face off an army of one Deadful Cornell, Lord of War, The Wicker Man, Trespass, and so many more. Know how it starts, I don't know how it ends. The first ten are solo, then it's me and some friends. No distractions, no expectations. Over the weeks, hear my frustrations. I guess the podcast is about to begin. I'm your host, Petra Pasilavis, and I'm caged in. Yo, motherfuckers! Um, I. We recorded. Yeah, fuck it. There you go. We are joining. I, I, we. No, you guys don't exist. You are just on the other. Yeah, we. Yeah, Uh, that laugh there. That is that Mister Christopher who has is that it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Who has uh, the introducing you podcast? Um, He has been so gracious to join me today, so we can watch The Rock. Um, Not. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, obviously. We're not just going to be looking at photos of him. Because that would be pretty <laughs> creepy. Um, no, we're talking about the 1996 six, yeah. film starring Nicolas Cage, Sean Connery and Ed Harris. I know all of that information oh, fuck, from the front cover of the DVD. Have you ever seen this film before? I have. I'm more than just a little bit excited to be <laughs> watching it again. It's like childhood favourite movie. Nice. The kind of movie I put on whilst I was doing my homework. So I, I would do like, I, as a teenager, I'm a big Nicolas Cage fan. So I'd be doing my schoolwork, homework nice. or whatever. And it would be either Con Air, um, Face Off or The Rock would just be always on. Amazing. And, yeah, just worn out VHS yeah, tapes that, that, somewhere. They, they were VHSs. <laughs> Amazing. Um, great. So, um, yeah, I've never seen this film before. So, um, yeah. I'm going in totally blind. Obviously, got them stupid rules, which I talk about every episode, but 
it's that thing. This podcast could be the first episode you listen to, like because a lot of the films I've talked about up until this point are f- quite unknown, really. And obviously, leaving Las Vegas, which was last week's episode, would have been the first episode where Nicolas Cage really fucking boom went out there and yeah, won an Oscar. Role, for, yeah. yeah, won an Oscar for that shit. And this is like, I'm calling this kind of 10-year run now, like the golden mile, because all the real big films that everybody knows about, like the kind of cult favourites. Well, the three that I just rattled off were 96 and 97. They were were the two years that, for me, that is, that's my Nick Cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I believe Conair is next week, and then Face Off is the week after. So, they're three films that came out in a row back to like, back yeah. yeah so he fucking nailed it, it like yeah, in yeah, the yeah. way of like hitting the zeitgeist come, uh, come away with that oscar from yeah yeah leaving Las Vegas, Vegas, and, and then it was like straight into these three let's fucking make a load of money yeah. um, so we're gonna watch the film and then we're gonna fucking tell you guys what the fuck happens yeah man play that shit <laughs> so there's only one thing left to do and that's get Raging with Cage. So we are back and we have just watched The Rock. Um, it was directed by Michael Bay. That is something I did not know going in. Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> um, as someone who has seen this film, as you said before, countless starts, times before, yep. did, did, it, did, it, did it hold up? Did you enjoy it? It hit the spot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah. I, 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 I could watch that every few months and still not get bored. Yeah, I, yeah. Just be, probably more for the nostalgia because it was one of those go-to films as a teenager. So yeah, I've always had that thing. Like, um, I have a litmus test with like uh, girlfriends that is uh, the Goonies, and it's, I always find it weird that like I've had girlfriends who ha- hadn't watched it like I watched it religiously as a kid we had it on like VHS and, and like, it wasn't until years later I realised that um, there was swearing in that film because we had like a yeah, yeah, yeah. a channel channel 5 like 4 o'clock in the afternoon you could get away with it. it then but no no it had it had it like sent, it had it just like slightly cut and I was like oh shit they're saying like it's like bullshit and our <laughs> crap and stuff like that I was like why did I miss out on that like um <laughs> see not hearing swearing as a kid you still become a potty mouth prick like myself anyway um, but yeah I like saying that like about like the litmus test like I almost feel like I've missed out a bit by not seeing this film when I was younger because I'm not sure I don't know. And obviously I'm looking at it with a critical eye like, yeah, yeah, from yeah. doing this podcast. Like there's a few things in there I couldn't help but like scratch my chin out and go, Okay, I like they're a bit Going back, yeah, I mean I, I still loved it because it was that nostalgia thing, but obviously I've, this is the first time I've watched it with pen and paper taking notes. Yeah. yeah and I've yeah. taken fourteen pages of it. <laughs> And yeah, there's a couple of things that I've gone, that ain't right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> And I've written down as if to say, hmm. <laughs> and had I watched it for the first time today, I wouldn't be going, that's going to be like one of my all-time favourite yeah, films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, I think the, the time that you experience a film for the first time 
probably counts towards a lot. Yeah, know? definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, so what the fuck happens in this film? Um, opens up with like what looks like a military funeral. You have kind of Ed Harris's character. I've put shaving in the shadows. I don't know how someone can shave in such darkness. <laughs> But he manages to do it. See, I didn't pick up on that. I just, <laughs> I just wrote sort of like the army military voiceovers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, people talking on radios and stuff like that. And then there's it goes into his. You know, he's obviously getting dressed and, like you say, shaving, and and he's getting ready for something. He's he's getting into full military dress, and and then starts his his little monologue. Yeah, where says this montage of of war stuff going on in the background, and his um. He goes to visit a, a grave, which is for Barbara Hummel. Um, that it's not really explained who that is. I assume it's his wife. Yeah, yeah, I picked up that it's his wife. And... Yeah, and um, he says to her, like, I'm paraphrasing here, but I love you, but I've got some shit I got to do. I got like some yeah. shit has got to happen. I'm about to do something that had you been alive, you would not yeah, be. Yeah, proud yeah, of. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe not. Um, but I don't. I don't think it identifies him as an antagonist or a protagonist. Yeah, a good yeah, guy yeah, or a yeah bad not at all. Guy, yeah, yeah. I, had, of... I had no idea what his thing he was going yeah. to be until the next scene. Where like, one thing I found about this film is you could probably tune out completely because they will signpost everything that happens, or like, yeah. you don't need like. Uh, the first shot of the next like scene, it's just the big sign that says "Naval Weapons Depot." Yeah, like there's no, there's no like, you don't have to guess. You could just switch your brain off, and Michael Bay is gonna feed you yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. you need. It, it, even like during that scene in the graveyard, it isn't like um, say like a few good men where there's lots of military action going on, but it's a very bright and sunny day. Yeah, yeah. you know this is very much a it's pissing it down with rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know he's he's apologising for what he's about to do. You're getting the, the sense that, you know, he's a highly decorated Marine. Yeah, definitely, he's yeah. he's probably going to do something <laughs> that, that isn't good. So, yeah. And that leads us into the next scene where you get, like, kind of shadowy guys breaking into this, as I said, Naval Weapons Depot. Yeah. Big, bold letters. Um, some pretty cool, like, just taking guys out. Like, uh yeah. I don't. I, I definitely the guys would have heard though when the guy zip lines in through a glass window and just takes a guy out. I'm pretty sure the rest of the base would have heard that. Yeah, <laughs> but and I, it's I think to point out uh, Frank Hummel, the this, the main guy that, yeah, that yeah. is 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 going to be one of our is Ed Harris's character. He's he's allowed. He doesn't go in as part of this incursion no, no, no. to start. He rolls up in a car. He's allowed in. He, he's scanning his security yeah, yeah. pass. So this isn't a military compound in another country. It is very much a. It's he's a rolling one. in like a day at work whilst all this yeah. shit's going down. Yeah, around yeah, yeah. Him. All these shadowy. Uh, and I wrote down here that um, the music sounds like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's Hans Zimmer. Oh yeah, is, is, same guy, yeah. I believe. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's, uh, it's uh, there's another German that did the the pirates one. Oh. I don't know his name, but um, yeah, it's not Hans. Oh, <laughs> but it's very, it's very much on that tick. It's very much gets you energetic. Yeah, it's ready to see what's going on. Like that's fucking 
that's Mission Impossible. What am I doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like pulsing, like that's it, pulsing exactly. And um, the yeah, they break into. You're not sure at first what they're going to steal, but they want to steal some shit. You're not, you're not necessarily sure they're going to steal anything. Like, yeah. right at the start, you know, they're using... They, they haven't killed anyone. Unless no. someone dies from falling over <laughs> out of a window. But, you know, you, you see him shooting uh, like those beanbag... Uh, yeah, like, like, you know, disable rather than kill. Yeah, yeah, sort yeah of like darts and they're stuff. They're using like that, darts yeah. and they're clotheslining people, knocking them unconscious rather than killing. So, yeah. Um, but then they break into like a secure a secure part of the thing. Yeah, like a um, weapons vault. Yeah, and they have to get like they they'd managed to take out the one guy they needed who had the like level four clearance card. <laughs> They've got yeah, that. They, they found him really nice and easy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was. Um, I imagine in the night vision, he was glowing red, like it happened, like it does in games. Like he's <laughs> <laughs> got a big level four written on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The, in, the intel was done perfectly. Yeah. Um, they get into yeah the level four security in this kind of yeah. weapons vault and. What they're looking for, like, to me, it would just look like. I thought of it as, do you remember, like, old style gel, like, like just the like, like yeah. hair gel. Yeah. It looks like green, like you used to get it in those yeah. like fluorescent colours. It's like this. It looked like that, but in orbs, like yeah. like, like nice spherical, like dishwasher liquid. Tabs yeah, 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 with definitely. Green hair gel. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All or, on a nice string. Yeah, 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 yeah. String of pearls, almost. Yeah. Um, and they're trying to load out as much of that as they can. And one of the balls drops to the floor. Yeah. And immediately it's like, go, go, Get go, the go. fuck out. So uh, we know this shit's bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As if we didn't know by the fact that everyone's running out, one guy is trapped in. And yeah. And conveniently for us as the viewer, there's a window in the door, so we can see yeah, of course, what's yeah. <laughs> happening to this guy as he's exposed to this hair gel. And it is fucking great. Not not like that, but I mean, <laughs> not like, for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like as like a visual for the audience, like yeah. his face is melting. Like this stuff is fucking bad. Yeah, Mel- um, melts his skin off, and yeah, he's spewing up liquid and yeah does, doesn't look nice some real nice. fucking like b-movie horror yeah. just like yeah like saying out have you ever i'm not sure if you've ever seen the fly the david cronenberg film. no what we were saying about um, yeah. sort of massive films classics that i missed that's yeah, yeah. on the list <laughs> so yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm writing that down i've got to watch it <laughs> yeah so it's kind of like for those of you at home who've seen it that kind of like melty body horror type thing that's definitely a hundred percent what is going on um then we go to a well yeah well before before that still there as this guy dies i think it's quite you you see in ed harris's character this face of almost like remorse yeah and and it's still sort of hanging in the air how how bad is this bad guy is he a bad guy? This this look of remorse as one of his his comrades, his teammates, possibly friends, has died doing something that he's already told us and his 
dead wife's grave that is is bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we're building up a bit of a picture of, of who Ed Harris's character is. And then we are introduced to Stanley Good Good Speed. Good Speed, yeah. yeah. Stanley Good Speed, who is played by our one and only Slippery Nick Cage. Um, I wrote down here that um, it's a really cool like. Uh, Rube Goldberg machine like uh, yeah for those of you who don't know at home it's just kind of like a you know like mouse trap or something yeah, like yeah. that just like a series of events are triggered off by one thing and um, like a domino rally yeah yeah got and, old school <laughs> floppy disks set up so that as he shoots this uh, like a nerf gun that those sticky rubber end bullet yeah, ones yeah. he shoots it and it knocks a load of them over and sets off this chain reaction around his office where he's clearly not doing much work yeah and and all four it just sets a hula girl on fire yeah. <laughs> which he just automatically puts out of a fire extinguisher yeah. I'm not sure why this was put in the film just kind of like, well, like... <laughs> he sort of as, as as the film goes on but this is our first glimpse of you know Nick Cage We've seen what we think is probably going to be the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Now it's only natural that Nick Cage is going to be the good guy. We know he works for the FBI. We know he's in an office. He's fucking around. He's being a bit jovial. But yeah, I think it really points out he's a bit of a nerd. You know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he gets a delivery of uh, a Beatles vinyl record that he's paid $600 for that we now know his missus has got him under the thumb because that's why he's delivered <laughs> to the office. So we're sort of building up this picture of him being a, a bit of a nerd, a bit of a geek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that, that's, at that point, really all we know about him. I, I totally agree with his uh, character with uh, the vinyl. I would probably do the same thing myself. Um, yeah, I love records. <laughs> that's yeah, just a side note. Yeah, but and in the lab, they get sent... Well, it's kind of comes uh, clear here that they have... Like, they kind of di- just diffuse any dodgy-looking items that kind of get sent in and stuff like that. Yeah, and if they feel like, like there's a, a terror... What they called, like a, a like a safe room. Yeah, they've got... It's essentially uh, like a, a bell... A, hazmat rooms. Yeah, like a bell thing. jar for, yeah, yeah, for yeah. putting shit out, basically. And... Um, they take this package inside and there's all sorts of weird shit in yeah, there. Yeah, big alarms going off and there's, there's porno. The yeah, yeah, there's porno mags in there. Do you remember so, what they were? Uh, no. Stone Age cave girls in the raw. Oh, Kinky yes. <laughs> was the line. <laughs> um, and there is a doll of a baby and yeah. his colleague is kind of prattling about going like, Oh, check this out. Starts waving the baby's arm and then shit goes down. It starts spewing this gas. Yeah. Uh, things go from fucking bad to worse. Seems like this is the one day that the whole like facility is on the fritz. Um, they can't get the sprinkler system on. To wash the, yeah, the gas is, uh, is like corrosive. It's all over their hazmat suits. It's corrosive. It's going to eat them up, but there's no sprinklers. And the bad news is that there's not only gas, but there's a bomb with yeah, C4 yeah. to level the building. Which is, and, you know, great that the terrorists knew how big uh, amount of C4 to put yeah, into yeah, level the building. Yeah, uh, no, it's not the Pentagon, is it? It's uh, the FBI, yeah. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It's some weird facility they have. But um, there is also... 
these fuck off needles that they're like superiors <laughs> are saying the only way to get through this is just inject yourselves in the fucking heart yeah. um <laughs> atropine with like a like a anti-shock and you know, yeah. so you don't go into shock from this nerve gas like mustard gas but get yourself in the fucking heart yeah like, like and you'll be okay stuff. you yeah, can yeah. then defuse the bomb Stanley's got like massive fear of needles. He's like, get this fucking thing away from me. I'm just going to defuse the bomb. His colleagues on the outside of this bell jar are very much like, you know, inject your heart because if you die, we all die because the bomb's going to go off. So, and as per usual, we're not, but five minutes into the film, obviously it does not go off at the last second. Yeah. Yeah. He defuses the bomb. So, I mean, one of the things that I saw, I wrote down, like, his name. Yeah, so right off the bat, you know, we're thinking, I I mean, there's no doubt in my mind at this point, he's going to be the hero. Yeah, definitely. He's good speed. He's our hero of the movie. (laughs) We've identified he's a geek, he's Stanley. But at this point, he, like, he knows his shit because although he's mucking about as this nerd in the office, this scene really shows that, you know, he knows oh, down what he's to, doing. Down to the what? Yeah, yeah, things get down to the wire. So he's, he's stepping up to the mark. Exactly, he's stepping up. And I wrote down Stanley, and in brackets, the mask, because another sort of anti-hero, but not like Batman anti-hero, like anti is in not your typical, yeah, 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 clean cut. You're definitely a hero character. You know, is is Stanley Ipkiss in the mask? Yeah, which definitely. is like another really nerd-based guy that when he becomes a hero, he's using those nerd skills to his advantage, and that's Stanley all over from this scene. You know, takes control, doesn't want to inject himself in the heart. I'm gonna fucking defuse this bomb, <laughs> and and it's sort of that. That's the moment where I think, right, okay, so we've got this guy that doesn't have necessarily all the skills, but he has some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we get to see his apartment which i've written down like how much money does he earn because it's like it's kind of like lavish like decked out um yeah like loft apartment he's got like i don't just it looks cool as shit he's he's sitting there playing guitar um and then i got really confused because does his girlfriend call him daddy I, I'm, if she did, I missed that. Oh, yeah, because I was like, is this his daughter? And then, like, very quickly, I was like, no, that can't be his daughter, because that, um, that is pretty weird. But he kind of <laughs> says, to, he explains his day, so he's taking the rest of the day off, because shit got hairy at work, and yeah. um, he's come home to play guitar, and he's like, this is a fucking cruel world. Like, to bring a child into this world is an act of cruelty. Yeah, with terrorists running around, you've got to be, you know, not right in the head to want to bring a child yeah. in. And, and she's like, oh, I had a really good day as well. And Yeah, she she <laughs> then announces that she's pregnant. Um, he, he quickly backtracks on yeah. all of his uh, things. Yeah, he suddenly said. it's not so bad to bring a kid into the world. <laughs> and again, highlighting that he's a bit under the thumb, I think. You know, like with the records, you know, he's getting yeah. that sense of the way. He's, he's a little bit under the thumb. And she's like, you know, and he, oh, I know he's like, oh yeah, but we're not even married. And again, under the thumb, she proposes yeah, to yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I kind of found that confused because he doesn't. To me, he didn't seem like the type of I don't know. That was like a conflict in his character because that almost portrayed him out as if he was like some kind of like stereotypical like Hollywood macho character in the yeah, fact of yeah. that whole like oh yeah. Like, 
oh, I don't want to get married. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, whereas, yeah. like, I don't know, he seems like... I think he the, tries to step up yeah, 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 in definitely. that arena. But, you know, when she announces pregnancy, he, he's very quick to backtrack and very yeah, quick yeah. to please. And But moving on with the plot, because yeah. that is what we're here to talk about. So after that... <laughs> That's when we go to Alcatraz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Rock. The Rock. Yeah. and The titular Rock. And and I think the way that's introduced, there's a, a tour guide. So it's almost like, you know, so Alcatraz has been opened as a, as a tourist attraction. And the first thing we see is this um, tour guide detailing, obviously, to the tourists what The Rock is. But as an audience, I think we're being introduced to The Rock as a character in itself. Like, I really yeah, think yeah, yeah. that, like, the actual prison in this movie is its own character. Yeah, yeah. And it's that thing as well, though. You instantly know shit is going to go down because you've got Ed Harris and his goons, like, oh, yeah, in the background. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're they're, they're straight away. Yeah. <laughs> they're there straight away. Like, like, in a darkened building and, like, multiple members of the gang are wearing, like, sunglasses and stuff like that. Yeah. And looking shady as shit like you say Michael Bay's feeding it to us <laughs> yeah 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 exactly it's been like I wonder who the bad guy I wonder if anything yeah. bad's gonna happen here and like clockwork it yeah it does they like well as a part of the tour the uh, guide says how about we do a little thing where you see what it would have been like to be a prisoner sure. Yeah. And um, this is the perfect the opportunity, yeah, for Ed Harris and his guys to fucking take over the place because yeah. everyone's locked in the cells. They're roaming around free. I don't, I don't know how, but they're like kind of wherever the fuck they want to be. Yeah. And then things literally in the space. What I would say, not even five minutes. They have fucking turned the place into like Their a military own. base. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like and. Just before these these like now hostages, these tourists get put into their cells. You know the the tour guides really hammers in that no one's ever escaped the prison. Yeah, yeah. No one's ever escaped. It's housed the worst of the worst. Is is how he says it. And yeah, then they take it over, turn it into a military base, and I think it's like the last level, like a Metal Gear Solid game. They essentially, turn yeah, it into. and it is actually yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally like that. It's like we've got this deadly weapon, and um, yeah, yeah, they it's of, clear they're now mercenaries. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, they are, they are our bad. They've had guys. a quick costume change. They're no longer looking like shady perverts and <laughs> looking more like a, like military. Like they're ready to goons. do business. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you like they show you that it's very like they make a big point of these kind of missiles that they're putting into place yeah. like you kind of get like the scenes of them being put into position and them saying like gotta make sure like yeah 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 they're like so you're like okay yeah defensive positions the missiles yeah. are aimed at San Francisco Bay yeah and, and uh, uh, they start booby trapping the place so they, we yeah, see, they uh, have a. Um, we see the doctor guy. So, um, I, uh, I forgot Scrubs. he's in this. Yeah, the the funny doctor from Scrubs. There's always taking the piss out of JD. Yeah, John C. McGinley. That's uh, the one. The actor's name. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's he's booby trapping the rooms and and detailing for our benefit as an audience. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we have got 
uh, uh, motion sensors. Motion sensors with a backup. Yeah, yeah. that bit's the important bit. In the only a... room that anyone, if they were to come in, <laughs> this is this is like, yeah, this is where it would be. Um, and then Ed Harris explains his pl- like again, just like probably uh, for our benefit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I imagine these guys like you're not going to get to a job. Like, yeah, and then audition. learn that you're mercenaries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, okay, guys, we're gonna we're gonna blow up. We're gonna blow some missiles into San Francisco. We're locked on this island. Who's it's, up for it? Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's a bit too fucking late, once you're at this stage. It's not yeah. like. Oh. So he he goes through his sort of for again for our benefit. This is why we're here. This is this is what it's all about, and and basically says that you know he lists a, a load of patriots. That are, are people that America now consider patriots, but were labelled as um, you know guys that committed high treason yeah, by yeah, the yeah. British. And he says uh, one day like, that's how people will look at us. So we're we're starting to think you know okay, so he's a bad guy, but he he's sort of got a noble cause, and that cause is yeah. He seems to th- he seems to think what he's doing is for the good. Yeah, like yeah, because he he mentions about how um, the founding fathers of of America were seen as like treasonous yeah. by the British. And um I put here that he call, he calls up just that stereotypical room of bigwigs. You know, like yeah, yeah, you yeah. just get in in any film and kind of like says to them like these are my like these this is what I want, these are my plans. And I found it very weird how he got a video link to them. Like I didn't see any camera set up, but when they're all but when they're all in that kind of command room, yeah. there's like about six TVs yeah. with his face he knew on the who's phone. Skype. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, 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 this then, is the point that we first learn what that green hair gel in the dishwasher tabs actually is. That is VX poison gas. Yeah, which is real shit. Did you know that? Is it? Does it that, exist? That is a real weapon. So it is. It is pretty much the most deadly substance that we have. So I had heard something nerve about gases like mustard gas, serin, and and that's that's very real and has been used. VX has never been used. I have heard. But I, it is real. I have heard something about this. Maybe on another podcast. I don't but, think it's green like that, but it is a real thing. Yeah, yeah there might be. That might not be true wikipedia it i'm yeah, sure it is <laughs> we're gonna do it after you can do it now while yeah yeah yeah. but there's I, I, someone please if if you know the podcast please i was listening i can't remember who it might have been joe rogan or no it, oh, fuck it will come back to it might be john ronson on something right but i will i will fucking look this up um yeah that might be there might have been like an fbi guy or some 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 nutter use something from the rock in like an official dossier and like got found out to be a fucking crook basically <laughs> i'm not sure though i remember hearing something going that's fucking crazy i've got to watch the rock at some point uh but anyway we get a lot of yeah i've written here we just get exposition exposition like it's just like everything is hey hey audience here's what here's what's gonna happen like yeah, yeah. um and, and he drills down to these big wigs sitting around the table, which are like the uh, the White House chief of staff, the FBI. head of the yeah the FBI director, 
Um, you've got the heads of all the military arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and he reiterates why he's doing it. And that, that's at the point where, you know, he's starting to say, okay, so the reason why we're doing this is because too many wars I've been in where fallen brothers have just been left out on the battlefield, not given a military funeral, no compensation paid to the Well, family. yeah, because a lot of the stuff they were doing was like black ops and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. So they're not even considered that they were even yeah, yeah, yeah. at work or yeah, in the army at, yeah. per se. So like in the, countries they're not supposed to be. Yeah, in. exactly. So they do leave the dead and they do, yeah, that's it. And, 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 and that's the point where again, you know, yeah, he's the bad guy, but that's the point where I'm starting to agree and start to sort of say, well, him himself, he it is a noble cause. It is, I can sort of agree with his yeah, cause. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel there's uh, better ways to go about it myself. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, um, absolutely. And then the, like, leading up to obviously who they're going to get to, like, they find out about the chemical like oh they ask the FBI who's your best chemicals guy um, yeah that's it absolutely so uh, uh, they're, they're, they're talking what they're going to do yeah yeah and um, we've given a time frame here as well that they've got 40 like four yeah four zero hours yeah 40 hours uh, they they blow some of these missiles in but the demands are um, like a million dollars to each of the families that he'd fought with that didn't get compensation and then more money that we later then discover will be used to pay his now mercenary lot yeah, 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 yeah. His, his bunch of merry men and, <laughs> and this money is going to come from um a cayman island fund uh, account that is highly classified and you know it's uh from the sale of illegal arms uh, it's like a slush fund and yeah, so yeah, yeah. The, the FBI director is like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And, and uh, the, the military general <laughs> it's like, oh, is it's like, fucking yeah, yeah, don't, 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 don't tell them about the illegal arms. <laughs> but when they ask who is the, uh, probably uh, one of the best cuts in the film is yeah. they say, who is your best chemicals guy? Cut to Stanley shagging his wife on a, a roof of a building. Uh, and she's but, got pigtails in, which makes it even naughtier. Yeah, yeah, and... Nice- and like so many fucking candles did you spot that number yeah way too many candles like unless it's someone's hundredth birthday you don't need that many candles jesus um (laughs) and then the big wigs like call him up and say you gotta come to san francisco asap he then says to his uh girlfriend well now fiance you should get yeah, it's you, probably a training exercise. Come yeah, with yeah. me. Yeah, come with of, me. Yeah. We'll get some champagne. Um, which I again, like this jumped out to me. I was like, you have like, but hours earlier found out that she is pregnant. Why? <laughs> why are you like trying to say? Let's get. Let's I didn't get, pick up on that. <laughs> yeah, let's get pissed. <laughs> And fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Carry on where we left off. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Which is exactly what he says. Carry on where we left off. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that is like, uh, even then, like, we all know that obviously there are missiles pointed at San Francisco. So yeah. we know that. Added, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Jeopardy is building up. Like, it's giving him not just a, like, national or just like the pride of doing your job, yeah. like, reason to do it. He's also got the personal, like, as if <laughs> as if to say, like, oh, I'm not really going to do it because 
my wife's back in like New York or wherever, so it's fine. But now that she's here, definitely got to like save these 80,000 people that this blast would kill. Um, and then the big wigs say, Will there's like, well, two of the FBI guys talk about a guy they could use because it is happening on Alcatraz, and they step outside of the room. Yeah. Well, before, just before that, they, they discuss... Uh, so we're, we're back in that room, and this, this time we've got uh, Commander Anderson, who's the, the Navy SEALs leader, because and he's there because as the primary... Okay, how we're going to attack this little yeah. vehicle that we're in is we're going to send a load of Navy SEALs in because uh, napalm is the traditional method for blowing up uh vx but it doesn't work uh, no uh, is, is napalm's what's used to destroy chemical weapons but it yeah, doesn't yeah. work on on vx gas so we're going to use thermite plasma but it's no go because it's not operational so you know that's a secondary idea yeah, yeah, yeah. first off we need to send in the navy seals cue this commander anderson who comes sits around the table and says he's going to take a team of guys in there and he's going to blow the shit out of the baddies and save the fucking day. And it also like transpires that the the blueprints for the building nobody can make head or tail of. It's yeah. almost like a an, an MC Escher like fucking painting or something that like yeah. for all the years of it being knocked down and rebuilt, there's yeah. a like labyrinthian mazes yeah. underneath. And the old caretaker's dead, so he yeah. can't <laughs> yeah. he can't come in and help us. Just and. Anyone who used to work there seems to be off the grid, dead, yeah, or just so, like non-responsive. So we've got to a Navy there. SEALs team with all the guns and the muscles, but but no way of no brains, no brain. Yeah, yeah. They, they they don't they know where they're going. They got they're the going to arrive on Alcatraz Beach and be like, oh, where are we going? Yeah, yeah where are we at? So there's at this point. The FBI guys are like chatting amongst themselves. There's one guy we can use. <laughs> Step outside, and this is where the music, you know, kind of, oh, you know, sank's a foot here. There's, there's a little curveball coming yeah, yeah, in, yeah. and it's getting exciting. Who's this guy? And we've already been told that no one has escaped yes. Alcatraz. Yes, or have they? Um, we are introduced to old man Connery, as I have in my <laughs> in my notes, because. Uh, it's Sean Connery, but not as you have seen him before. No, not as James Bond. Um, I don't know what other films he's been in, actually. <laughs> so entrapment. So this is this is one of the weirdest things that um, you know. Who would you like? The the front cover of this DVD, the person center and and the biggest is Sean Connery. Yeah, yeah. And the first credit in the movie is not Nick Cage. It's Sean Connery. But for me, this feels very much a Nick Cage and Sean Connery film, not a Sean Connery and Nick Cage film. Right? I think that 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 would probably be more down status to like at the time. status and a contractual yeah. thing. It would be like, yeah, who's this guy? What the fuck has he been in? He might have won an Oscar, but I'm fucking Sean Connery. I want top billing. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck you, new kid on the block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and he, and he does. He he sort of we're introduced to him. He's in prison. You know, we're taking a scan around. There's there's big heavy chains around his feet. Yeah, he's looking rough and ready. Like, but then there's like these books in the corner, and he's got like Shakespeare and Sun Tzu, Art of War. So we can see that yeah, he's well read. Yeah. You know, this guy's hench. He he looks badass. Is he going to be a bad guy? <laughs> Is he going to be a good guy? We know the FBI guys don't really like him. Don't want him involved. And he's this great escape artist, and and he's the only person that's ever escaped 
from Alcatraz, but no one knows because technically this guy doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. and um, we get a, a moment on the soundtrack here with just like wailing guitars. Just like, I don't know why I'd write that down, but it's probably like, wow! And um, Stanley is introduced to the FBI guys, and then we all like we further see that he's kind of like out of his depth really like yeah but he but at the same time we find out that he does know his shit you know because this fbi guy is like you know what do you know about vx gas so he's like oh, i guess this is a training mission so he's rattling off you know this is this this is that this yeah, is how yeah, invented you know, we invented year. it like champagne it's like one of these horrible chemicals we wish we could uninvent and then realizes this isn't a training exercise so some shit has gone yeah, down and and then we kind of snapped to FBI mobile command and they're releasing John Mason who is this Sean Connery criminal they're releasing him and now John Mason is sitting in an interrogation cell at a metal desk on a metal chair (laughs) all on his lonesome behind the glass you've got Walmack the FBI director chatting to his colleague Again, further going on, this guy is a bad idea. To yeah, 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 yeah. Like they're really hamming up the, <laughs> this guy is a badass. Yeah, yeah, Don't definitely. let him go onto the rock. Um, yeah. And, and um, their attempts to try and reason with him fail. So, like, the best, their best next option is Stanley himself, a guy who is used more to, like, test tubes and chemicals yeah. than he is to human interaction. Um, yeah, Walmart uh, can't go in because... Yeah, 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 he's, he's got previous. He's got previous And he's got to beat the air, shit out of him, yeah, yeah, Previous yeah. bad air with Mason and that's not a good idea to get them in a room together. But um, when Stanley goes in, he pretty much just panders mm. to whatever Mason wants, basically. He says to him, you want, you want a hotel suite? You got it. You yeah, want yeah. yeah. You want a cup of coffee? Mason you got bends it. him over, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. You want a cup of coffee? You got it. You, do you want the handcuffs off? Yep, you got it. Get yeah, he does. He takes his handcuffs off. Yeah, yeah. And then um, <coughs> um, he he then like he's like out of there. Like yeah, Stanley's out of there. Like I've done a real good job. Like I yeah. think I've, I think I've sorted that out. And um, the guy who was in there previous to him had flicked a penny or flicked a quarter. Yeah. At, um. Mason and said to him, "Yeah, buy a cup of coffee. You're going. Or, no, no. Call, no, call your call, lawyer. Call your lawyer. You're, you're going, going back to prison. Yeah. And um, this is the first time it's kind of mentioned because uh, it says about like they say like, oh, I don't think we've really got time to wait for him to like stew over the fact of helping. And it's like, yeah, I found one of my biggest problems with this film was like." The like time would when they needed it to would go really quickly, yeah. And then when it didn't need to, it went really slowly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that is a side point, and we will definitely get back to that because there are points in this film where that is honking to me about the, <laughs> the changing of time. Um, but yeah, with this quarter, he manages to um, he like smashes it under his cha- table table leg table leg is what I meant. Uh, no chair leg. Yeah, yeah. He That's kind why of it's a jump, jumps his chair onto the kind of edge of this coin, making it a little bit flatter and sharper. And then and he's because he's Stanley's taking his handcuffs off. He's yeah, free yeah, yeah. to get up. 
Now the big wigs are in the in the glass room chatting. Oh, didn't Stanley do a good job? Got him to sign these papers to say, yeah, there's a pardon if yeah. you help us. All your crimes will be absolved if you help us because we need you. Rah rah rah. And uh, yeah, he goes up to this one way glass and he he gets the sharpened edge of this coin, draws a big circle on the glass and puts his shoulder through it, and and then sees for the first time. <laughs> FBI director Walmack and he's like ah oh, Walmack you piece of shit I knew it'd be you <laughs> and then yeah all, all, the, all the feds get in and, and take him down and, and, and rah 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 yeah and then um, we are we get a scene of Stanley uh, Walmack no Stanley uh, Mason and just a couple of like FBI guys in a van and you see that Stanley is trying to warn Carla, his fiance, yeah. from coming to San Francisco, which leads Mason to be like his suspicions to begin about why they are actually getting him to help them. Like, yeah, he makes what? that nervous phone call, like "Don't come to San yeah, yeah, Francisco." Yeah. Like, yeah. So now Mason's got this upper hand on him, like, "Ah, who's Carla, and why don't you want her to come to San yeah, Francisco?" Yeah. Um, and fucking. Mason gets what he wants. He gets a suite at a hotel, gets to have a nice shower. Um, a suit. A suit. A he haircut. Pull, he pulls some weird string out of his yeah. I don't so know what is that. That like. string is, and I wondered it at the time, like I was 15 when yeah, I first yeah. watched this movie. And for years I wondered what the hell that cord is, why there's this weird cord that's retractable in a shower. And then as I got a bit older, I started staying in some nice hotels and they had one. And I learned that if you pull it out, it stretches to the other side of the shower and it can be used as a mobile washing line. Oh, fucking hell. Well, there you go. Obviously, I'm, not, I'm staying in fucking dives. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm fucking couch surfing. Bloody hell. So, yeah, but not really that posh if you've got to do your own washing, is it? Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> kind of weird. Yeah, a suite that can, you can get all your laundry done would say, but if you want to do it yourself, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, a washing yeah, line. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it serves a purpose that they have yeah. this in there because... Um, he takes the cord, hides yeah, yeah. it. And then um, orders a load of room service to the room, which um, distracts all of the guards and stuff like that. Yeah, they're like, yeah. let's pig out. Um, he's out. He's decided, I want to get my hair cut outside. Uh, yeah. because on like, the balcony. On the balcony. My penthouse suite. Yeah, definitely. Because we all know... What 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 you need when you're getting your hair cut is a nice nice breeze for the hair to blow everywhere. And he's got a lot of hair. He's yeah. he's been in prison for a while. Sean Connery, long grey hair. Yeah, definitely. I thought it was a good look. That haircut though, like see that's another thing. That seemed to happen in a space of seconds. That would have taken at least 30, 40 minutes. Like, come on. You're counting down this 40 hour deadline, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. And they definitely go way over it. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure, like, a little Alice band or something to tie it up in a ponytail (laughs) would have sufficed for purposes of getting out of jail, right? Um, And then he says to Walmack. Let's have like let's let's have a little handshake. Yeah, so I mean, you miss back at the in the interrogation room. Um, Walmack had, had taken this uh, pardon, and after um, the glass is broken, Mason's taken down. Mason's taken away back to his cell. We see Walmack in front of Stanley tear up his pardon. Yeah. So he's now had his hair cut, and he's saying, you know, you're not going to fuck me over. 
you know, will you shake on this pardon? You know, gentleman's agreement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean Connery's old school like that and, and wants to solidify the deal. Yeah, yeah. So he, he puts out his hand, Warmack's all smug and, you know, definitely we're thinking this guy's a bit of a prick. Well, he, he just reminded me of every, like, captain in every 80s, like, cop film. You know, like, they're kind of like, <laughs> bro, like, he means well... But he's a he's an arsehole at the same yeah, time. Do you absolutely. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but he, he gets his just deserves because this we we then learn that uh, what Mason has done with this cord is that he's lassoed it around his own wrist, and then he lass as he shakes. So he's like made Warmack's a noose. Hand, so yeah, he's yeah, kind of made like a noose. lassoes it over Warmax's wrist, and then throws him over the balcony, but grabs him before he falls to his death. That's why he's on this cord. Breaks the guy's arm. And then ties him to a chair. Yeah. All the while, Stanley, our wonderful non-field agent, who has, has sat there trying to tell Mason he's a field agent in yeah. anti-terrorism, and you know he should be respected. You know, Mason is now faced with Stanley saying freeze in this really 1980s cop way that's going to command zero respect. Yeah, definitely. From this seasoned he's... war hero. I tell you, yeah, like his facade of being a field agent is paper thin. <laughs> he's just, he's just a like. I yeah. don't cover like, blown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but Mason, Mason uses this Warmack being over the building as a you know great diversion. Yeah, and uh, and this leads up to one of my big upon rewatching the movie. One of my like, hang on, that's not right. So. Um, he throws him over the building, ties him to this chair, and suddenly all of these guys that were like all the proper field agent feds yeah, yeah. that were eating lobster that Mason's used as a diversion, they rush to Warmack's aid. As they're presumably running past Mason. So this is the first thing, is that Mason's escaping yeah, yeah. out presumably the same bloody balcony door that they're all rushing in to save him. So no one bothers to stop him at this point. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So he slips away. He almost becomes the slippery Nick. He slips away, <laughs> and Stanley's the one that goes after him. Well, yeah, another Rather thing. Rather than Stanley helping Warmack and a proper field agent yeah. going to get well, him. Something that um, I've written down in my notes here as well is just everyone seems so calm, like, just about the fact that there's, like, this chemical doom impending do you know what i mean like like, yeah, it, yeah, like they, they, they don't like yeah. they're kind of chilling out eating lobster like there's no there, there seems to be no sense of urgency in any of this yeah just because maybe everything has to play out in the last 30 seconds sure. of like a deadline do you know what i mean like you have to like there's no there's no jeopardy unless like they're about to die and then in the last moment something comes uh comes to head but so Mason escapes. Stanley yeah. goes after him uh, and pursues, which, like I said, I thought was strange that it was Stanley, but obviously he's the main character. Of our film. Yeah, of course. And um, again, like I've just written here, I've written a lot in those. I've just written that like cars are wrecked, like in this car chase. Uh, Mason is in a Humvee. Yeah. Uh, Stanley is in a Ferrari, and yeah. Cars are le- wrecked left, right, and centre in this. Yeah, and all, I, all police cars, all feds cars, just anything, just a- anything taxis, in their way. A like a uh, San Francisco streetcar, and I was like, they seem to like one of the main things of this film is we need to save 
San Francisco from this deadly threat that is on Alcatraz. But they haven't thought, oh, like it probably needs to be saved from these nutters <laughs> driving about with like wild abandon. Just like I'd, I've written down, how many civilians probably died in that like car chase alone? Well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of. Like, I don't think they banked on on uh, on old uh, Mason escaping. Of course, but, but like they didn't I mean, really like, put in that many measures to stop him from yeah, escaping yeah, I, either. I, I meant from like a film's Jeremy. You know I like, yeah. how are you supposed to like? I don't know when, like the protagonists themselves, seem to not give a fuck about <laughs> about, about, about the, yeah, about the safety of San Francisco. Yeah, and and, and Mason manages um, accidentally to derail this tram. So he in in this bid to get away from the feds, in his great big Hummer, he uh, nearly knocks an old lady over. To avoid knocking her over, he swerves, hits a tram, derails it, which now is careering down the San Francisco hills. Yeah. By this time, you know, Mason's gone and in, in check, in tow, in a Ferrari, Nick Cage is, is hurtling after him. He then spins out of control, crashes, and now is, is trapped in this Ferrari with an airbag in his way. The streetcar coming yeah. towards him. This, this tram is, is coming towards him. He's, he's, we're now seeing his nerdy, geeky, panicking... <laughs> You know, oh no, what the fuck am I going to do? And he shoots the airbag and jumps out. And this is like one of my favourite lines in the film <laughs> from uh, a, a, a kind of grunge-looking kid on a dirt bike. He's like, dude, you just fucked your Ferrari. And the camera pans up in that real low-to-high yeah, yeah. superhero way and Nick Cage just goes it's not mine <laughs> nicks this guy's dirt bike and says neither's this <laughs> and this is the bit that in every movie it seems that any hero knows how to ride a motorcycle yeah, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to train for four days to learn how to ride a motorcycle and before that it wasn't an intuitive get on and just do it <laughs> and I sort of just I don't believe that this <laughs> chemical freak that listens to the Beatles and strums his guitar and is scared of his wife. I just don't believe that he could hop on a dirt bike and tear through the streets yeah. of San Francisco well, yeah, yeah. like he's some fucking motorcycle. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he does, and he catches up with Mason. Um, And Mason has... Oh, yeah. You find out that he's next of kin. Yeah, oh, yeah. So he's... Um, so Nick Cage is, is on the motorcycle and he caught yeah again he, again not only is he like proficient on a motorcycle but he can do it one handed he make can do it one handed whilst <laughs> making a phone call to his guy back in wherever he's from uh, I don't, I don't even think New York let's Washington. say New, Washington oh fucking I won't pay attention 14 pages of notes <laughs> <laughs> then again You've seen this film countless amounts of yeah, times. Yeah, this is my first time. Literally have had about five minutes to let it sink in. Um, his guy back in Washington, like, kind of finds all the details out about uh, Mason. Well, as much as he can. Yeah, so like, Mason's name is missing, but there's medical records when you search, like, a transfer date. Yeah. So he's like, this is weird. It's like the guy doesn't exist, but there's, like, little bits that they didn't delete. And there's there's a next of kin. And, and we they cut. happen to live yeah, yeah. in San Francisco. And I wrote that down yeah. as, a, you know, a, by a, an amazing coincidence. Yeah, definitely. That, you know, 
He's he's it's crazy. From, he's as you find out here, his place of birth is Glasgow. <laughs> um, yeah, and who happens? And the only time he was in San Francisco was when he was, was in, in Alcatraz, prison. Yeah, which by then has obviously closed, become a tourist destination. He's now presumably somewhere else in America. In another well, yeah, prison. he escaped out. He escaped yeah. Alcatraz like about thirty years ago. Yeah, and his daughter is conveniently in San Francisco, and and Mason uses the Hummers car phone uh to make a call to say can you meet up now conveniently he gets through to her and she has nothing on that day and can in a heartbeat go and meet her father who she's never but met. a stranger yeah, yeah yeah she's never met him he's never met her and she suddenly agrees out of the blue yeah okay i know that you're a criminal i know that you were in prison i'll come and meet you she <laughs> does have a friend with her so yeah. she's not it completely stupid. sticks about her about two seconds. Yep, yep. <laughs> Was you scared to come alone? Yes. But I'm okay now. You can fuck yeah, off. Because yeah. you're not needed for this next scene. Um, and Stanley is like hot on their tail. He's kind of like lurking about behind them, kind of. Yeah, he lets them have a moment. He lets, he lets yeah, them yeah, have he a let, chat. Um, which you kind of see that, like, this is the first time you start to see that Stanley is kind of sympathetic towards Mason yeah. and like his kind of plight that maybe maybe not everything is as it is on the surface with his character yeah and, like and, and Mason happened. you know we've been led to believe he's this dangerous person we've seen him that he's got a, a, an educated side that he knows how to turn yeah. a coin into a method of opening glass and we know that he's well read and we know that he's able to take a cord and throw someone off a building. Yeah. But now we see that, oh, he's a father that wants to reconnect with his strange daughter and, you know, Who, he thinks he's going to get out of prison because he's just signed this pardon and he says, I haven't got a lot of time now, but, you know, I, I'll be out in a little while and I'll come and, and we'll, we'll make just, things yeah, right. We'll and she sort of bounces along with that yeah, idea. Yeah. Like, yeah, no worries, man. Like, I'm 33. Not heard from you yeah. <laughs> ever. We, we can meet up for Starbucks. No yeah. problem. Uh, but, like, she seems a bit dubious when probably about 30 police cars turn up. Yeah. And um, then, like, Stanley helps him out again by saying, like, oh, no, 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 they're not. we're not here to arrest him, like... He's working with us. Yeah. We gotta like we gotta bounce. Um But this this daughter's a bit dumb because that lie, although it shows great empathy from Stanley helping out this guy, hey gee whiz, John, we gotta go back and you gotta help us and thanks yeah. very much for all of that. The, the the feds that have sort of encircled this square where they're meeting and having this they're all pointing guns, so you just think, yeah. <laughs> how dumb have you got to be to be that daughter and believe the lie that, you know, oh yeah, dad's helping the feds when 30-odd fucking feds are pointing guns at him. It sort of doesn't marry up. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. It would have been better if none of those feds showed up. It was just Stanley, and I think that, that, was, a, that was a stick-out moment that I hadn't noticed without my pen and pad <laughs> when I watched it all those years and ago. time still is a ticking along. Yeah, um, yeah. Was is now whittling down? Yeah, I think it's something like they say something like it's less than twenty four hours or something at this point. Um, and then they're kind of going through like how they're going to get into Alcatraz. They've got Mason back on side, yeah. and they're saying to him like, "How did you do it? How did you get out?" Like <laughs> again, yeah, this was back another at the moment. F- FBI command Mason with his fresh haircut. And uh, Warmack with his, his bandaged arm from being thrown off a balcony is sitting there 
and Mason's casually detailing, it's 57 paces down this tunnel, rah, 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 and then where? And he's looking at these blueprints in, in big confusion and says, you know, well, I don't know on the map, you know, my blueprint was in my head and I did it. I was underground for three days in the dark, but it'll all come back to me when we're there. Yeah, and I, 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 I just found it mental that, like, how could, like, how could you remember... Those very specific details. There's a very specific detail. I'm 57 bases, yeah. <laughs> and it's quite yeah, specific. Yeah. 33 years later. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I don't even remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. And this guy remembers some, some like, very specific details about the architecture of a building yeah. that could have possibly changed. He's in the uh, SAS, though, isn't he? British intelligence. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> still, he is an old man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it's kind of set up that, like, the only way he is going to know, like, how they're going to get in is if he goes with them. Um, and then everyone's kind of like, no, Walmart's like, no fucking way. The um, Navy SEALs are like, well, he's got to. If he's the only yeah, guy yeah. who knows... We didn't bust him out of jail for him yeah. to... You know, that's it. He's coming with us, end of. And then... And oh, who, then else? who else has got to go with him? I can't, yeah. Uh, has anyone else got to go? Uh, well, Maybe... Uh... How I wonder. So we, we learn that uh, Stanley's going through his little whiteboard of tricks and detailing how to defuse the, the rockets and detailing to the, the Navy SEALs, this is what you got to do. And... Uh, that he's never seen one of these devices, but he's studied them. Um, and then it's thrown into the pot that, well, it doesn't matter about telling the Navy SEALs how to defuse them because you'll be right there with them. <laughs> At which point he throws up, uh, runs to the toilet, doesn't he? I, th- yeah, I, th- I, th- I, th- I think I think I would as well. I think like uh, the thought of going onto an island with like 30 trained killers um, and the most deadly substance on earth. Yeah, but is that... Is that more nerve-wracking than being in San Francisco Bay on the receiving end of those rockets? I don't know. I reckon in the time you've got I'd left... I'd rather be shot than have my face melted off by green uh, air gel. I reckon, I reckon in the time you've got left, though, get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> Slippery nick away. Yeah, come on. Come on, Carla, we're out of this town. Um, and then... <laughs> Grab your pig towel. Yeah. We're moving. And he said, like, it, it's like, again... To up the ante that he is going to definitely have to go with them as well. We learn at this point that Carla is definitely coming into town and they're going to bring her yeah, so to the base. Walmack's little buddy. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know his name, but no, 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 no. secondary FBI, <laughs> not quite director, Walmack level, goes into the toilet and tries to have some comfort in reassuring words for Stanley that you know, they're there, wipe the sick off your chin. It'll be all right, son. <laughs> go out there and do your job and you know nick cage is very like oh it's wonderful but it's terrible girlfriend's pregnant she's coming into san francisco and and another thing that stumped me is the response is shut up do your job i'll get your girlfriend and bring her to the fbi command yeah (laughs) like we can just have girlfriends civilians roaming around the fbi command when we've so got... it's a very classified need to know stuff yeah she's all right she's <laughs> yeah. all right. What is she? she's girlfriend she can yeah, uh, yeah. she can sit in a corner and just watch the next uh, 15 hours we're then told um that yeah we've got 15 hours and she can just sit there and, and wait for her fiance to, to yeah. finish diffusing these rockets and then we get like the big wigs again like in the command center 
room talking to uh, Hummel on like via Skype again, just have a little chat with him. Mm. And then after his like, after his conversation, like that's it. We've got to fucking go with this plan of like sending the guys in. It's now or never basically. Yeah, like green light the seal incursion and uh, the seals start briefing, saying things like when you defuse the rockets, pop green flares. Um, Remember that, guys. Yeah. Pop the green flares. The green flares. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, they're they're detailing that, and uh, and that's about it, really. Yeah, they isn't ship it? out. They kind of get on these cool little. Uh, I don't know what they are like little submarine little things. They get. To- yeah, well, they're in the helicopters first. So the 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 pop green flares briefing is is gone, and the uh, Navy SEAL captain who's leading this incursion addresses General Hummel's c- credentials to so the rest of the Navy SEALs that he's going in with. He's like, you know, make no mistake, we're going onto Alcatraz in a hostile situation, head to head with General Hummel, who's probably the greatest war hero of the Vietnam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, fucking Hummel is a badass in his own right. And <laughs> then they get into their helicopters and they start to fly. And this is an important bit, is that they hand this badass, locked away, doesn't exist prisoner, a little bag of tricks and says, this is your kit for this mission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they give him a little bottle of kerosene, some waterproof matches and three washers. And and you'll do well to remember that bit. <laughs> so uh, yeah, they they off they go. They're also chatting about what to do. Here's the needle. Nick Cage is very much. I don't want the atropine. Thanks yeah. very much. And, and uh, um, the guy who played um, who plays like the SEAL captain is an actor by the name of Michael Bine, who is actually. <laughs> The lead character in the Nicolas Cage 1993 film, Deadfall, guys. We've got a nice little returning character, a nice little returning actor well, to I the pot. I didn't pot. know that. Yeah, exactly. Like, Deadfall is fucking crazy. Uh, you should watch it. I will, I will make sure I catch that. But um, I tell you what, whilst we're on the going back bits, the guy on the motorbike, the, the punk yeah. kid with the, the scrambler motorbike in San Francisco that... Yeah, gets his bike stolen when Nick Cage trashes a Ferrari. He's like not really an actor. He's a, a producer and director and award winner for short films now. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Oh, He's won like loads of awards at like I don't know big film festivals and oh, stuff. Amazing. Short films. So I'm um, gonna try and catch some of those shorts. <laughs> nice. They get shipped out. Yeah, they're obviously out of the helicopters into the water, and then they get into Alcatraz through yeah. like a little broken. A little broken vent or something. Yeah, which so, is, yeah, conveniently, conveniently, yeah. conveniently just big enough for a few Navy SEALs to get through. Um, and then, Carla arrives at the command centre and escapes her car. So they don't have child lock on the FBI yeah. vehicles. So she's in the back of the car saying... I've got to say at this point as well, um, just to show you how cheap I am with the DVDs I'm buying, that at this point we actually had to flip the disc <laughs> because uh this film like it was too big <laughs> obviously at the running time of well what is the running time oh actually yeah it's two hours and ten minutes pretty long film uh, but cannot fit just on one side of a disc oh no we had to flip no. it over and then straight into the fucking action um yeah so yeah carla escapes we get onto Alcatraz, 
and and the guys uh, that are holding up Alcatraz, the uh, the Marines, the bad guys, they know that they've got company. They've they've seen the the helicopters coming in. But they don't know where. They just they don't, don't know. know where because they went dark. Yeah, yeah. Night vision mode just before. So <laughs> they're on high alert, man in their stations. And uh, yeah. It's when they figure out that the only way to get in is um, some kind of like Tomb Raider esque, like, I don't fire, like, just. Could, could, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. real simple, like, computer game, Crash Bandicoot style, like. There's a spinning disc that has a gap in it. There's fire coming. Like in you like have to three time second it, yeah. bursts and stuff. Yeah, it's you a have bit to of time a... it perfectly to get through this array of deadly obstacles. And who fucking remembers thirty three years later? Like not just does he remember the sequence, but he <laughs> also remembers it in reverse because he's like, oh, I hope it's the same. Well, it's not the fucking same, mate, because it's in reverse. So yeah. Alright, Mason. Yeah. So he leads him into a dead end. He's the only hero that can that I just can... gotta say one thing quickly. Michael Bay, fuck you. <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh yeah, I had to get that off my I had to get that off my chest. Oh, that feels real good to um to do that. Oh So yeah, they're in this they're in this dungeon where there's no way out through because you know, there's this locked door. Mason has to open it from the other side and the, by crawling through this uh, spinning disc and burning hot flame crawl space. And he's 60 years old. Yeah, yeah. But immediately as well, immediately as soon as he's through, they, that's it. Like, don't give him any time. They're like, that's it. Yeah. He's sold us out. And no he's concern for him yeah. probably being yeah, getting caught on the flame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poor bastard didn't make it. No, yeah. straight in for the, uh, we knew he'd sail us up the river. Yeah. Bastard. And uh, yeah, one of the Marines says, where'd you dig this guy up as he crawls through these flames? <laughs> and uh, and Stanley exerts a little bit of authority there by saying, that's classified. Which I really <laughs> like because there's little bits through the film where he does try and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does try and play up to his but FBI that was just, uh, agent uh, yeah, title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just uh, just a real amazing one-liner as well. Yeah, yeah, it? absolutely. That's classified. Uh, um, <laughs> um yeah, so he opens the door um, with the classic music from Hans Zimmer coming up, yeah, yeah. making it seem all cool. Dun, 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 and Sean Connery in his Scottish <laughs> accent, welcome to the rock. Which, I, again, I love, I love this movie for those yeah, yeah, yeah. cheesy shit lines, but it, it makes that kind of mid-90s action film, I think. Um, they get through, and then there's something about, like, oh... Stanley asks Mason, um, like, how is your, like, how, how is this so far? And he's like, oh, it's better than most of my days. <laughs> They're normally pretty boring. And then there is a joke that, like, I'm not sure how, like, even now, I'm not sure how I feel about this, guys. Um, <laughs> this is one of those moments where I, I, I heard you kind of laugh. Like a snigger laugh. Yeah, it's just the fact that he says like, <laughs> "Yeah, um, do you know this quote better than than, than I probably do?" Or well, probably, but yeah, 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 I don't yeah. want to take yeah, it no, away no, no. from go, me. Go, 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 go. So, yeah, he Stanley's in awe of all of this marine yeah, yeah. hardcore action shit that's unfolding around him, and and saying to to Mason, 
whilst they're in a sewer or something, you know, how do you do this? And, and Mason just kind of says to him, you know, it's sort of better than my average day, you know, bad meals in the canteen or something and avoiding gang rape in the washrooms. <laughs> Although that's less of a problem these days. Maybe I'm losing my sex appeal. <laughs> and it is a little bit like, I don't know if that would be... No, that definitely wouldn't fucking fly today. Like, what rating is this movie? It's a fifteen. It's a fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I just don't think they're like. I'm, I'm all up for shock comedy. I just don't like. I don't. Know, it's like hearing your granddad say like, yeah, a sixty dead years baby old, yeah, 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 avoiding gang rape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, fucking hell! No, Sean, don't do it. <laughs> so um, they're they're sort of in these sewers, which are. I, I, that's a bit where it's about 57 paces from yeah, yeah, yeah. there to the, the shower room, which is where our mis, our marine friends have laid these double whammy booby traps. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. The, the Navy SEALs are underneath with all their night vision and gadgets, and they're about to pop their head up through the sewer hatch, and they realise that, you know, we better do our job properly, and uh, we'll, we'll get some optics up there to find out if there's anything on that that hatch and yeah, this yeah, is yeah. where they discover this motion sensor so like clever cox they think we'll cut the laser beam on the motion sensor and send it back to its source and they very specifically detail which i'm thinking if you're a navy seal and everyone around you is a navy seal there's no need to really detail what you're yeah, doing yeah, you exactly. just get on and do it yeah, yeah, yeah for audience benefit they describe very very detailed how they're going to cut the laser beam and move the motion <laughs> sensor all the while, where's the audience are thinking, oh, yeah, but it's got a fucking foul switch on it and it's not... Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not going to work. It's not gonna work. Oh, it's not so it's not going to work. And, and sure enough, we then cut to the the bad Marines hearing that they've got company in the shower room. So and they all fucking, rush in. Yeah, and it, it's like... It's not really like for you to go into much detail in this next scene. It's just a fucking ambush, basically, isn't yeah, it? Like, so there's a kind of impassioned speech from the leader of the uh, of the of the Navy SEALs, which I thought was fucking great. Where he's kind of like saying to Hummel, like, "I'm a like I'm a good man. Like I'm, I'm a soldier like you. You would know that I can't get my men to put their guns down. Like this isn't like whether whether they're foreign or like." Yeah, well, the Marines rush in and they're at an elevated position. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So this shower room has this, I, I guess, from back in the days of the prison guards, perving over the prisoners, having a shower and making or sure... Or just making not sure, yeah. Kicking, making... making sure they're not gang raping. Yeah, yeah exactly. you got to keep that. So <laughs> they're walking around this balcony and, you know, the, the Marines, the bad guys, have got the Navy SEALs kind pin of... Pinned down. Pinned pin down. down. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And they're saying, you know, throw your weapons down, surrender... You're gonna get um, but you're gonna get massacred. Yeah, yeah, and 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 Frank Hummel, the the leader of the bad guys, the leader of the pack, is is desperately trying to convince them to to stand down. And the the leader Anderson is is saying that he can't give the order to stand down because he swore this oath to protect America from all enemies, foreign and domestic. And it's brilliant speech of how he understands why he's doing what he's doing. But he, he can't let him... Yeah, and he must yeah. understand why he's doing what he's doing. Which is stupid, because the Navy SEALs wouldn't be ordered to put a mission over an entire squad's life, because that's just not productive. <laughs> um, he should have stood down, um, but I guess that would have made a pretty bad move. That would have been one action scene less, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it, yeah, it is a fucking massacre. massacre. <laughs> and even like, 
there's a young guy with them, like one of the Navy SEALs, who I thought like genuinely looked about 12 years old. Probably. And he, yeah. he's like down, he's down with uh, Mason and Stanley, mm. and they're saying like... Yeah, which is they're still in the sewers. Yeah, yeah they're, they're like, still in the don't sewers. Don't go up. Don't go up. What does he do? He goes up. He's fucking shot straight back down to the bottom of the sewer. Right in the middle of the head. The classic yeah. bang, but slap bang in the middle of the head. Handily um, gives them a radio so they can still keep in contact. Yeah, a radio and a gun. Yeah. And, it, and, and in the aftermath of this shooting, the Marines go down into the shower room and there's a lot of remorse in... In our kind of main bad guy's in face. Hummel, yeah, because well, he's, he's all he, the way through the kind of like massacre. He keeps shouting, "Stand some, down, yeah, stand cease down, ceasefire!" Cease fire. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And there's a lot of remorse, but as this massacre's going on, there's a couple of members of his unit that you can see grinning as they're gunning down. Yeah, yeah, they're seals. fucking madmen. So we can see that this this band of merry men, there's there's they're all doing this bad thing. But there's some of them that are doing it there's for the a few right loose, reasons. Yeah, there's a few loose cannons in yeah, there as so well. Yeah, so there's a split there. And uh, yeah, so Mason and, and Stanley, our, our two heroes, are now on their own. And they, they get the one of the guns and radios off of the off the, the young whippersnapper, the Navy SEAL that's copped it in the head and fallen back down the manhole, but, um, conveniently. Mason just, he's like, that's it for me. Yeah. I'm out of here. <laughs> and this 60. is like kind of, in, yeah, this is kind of intercut with like another great bit of exposition that we all needed of who Mason really is. Yes, yes. And it is um, Walmack talking to his like uh, secondary kind of saying to him, he is British intelligence. He has a microfilm of every single like US secret from who shot JFK to whatever you want. Yeah, like the Roswell alien landings Just, and stuff like that. He, he he knows it all and didn't give it up and we have held him like without trial for yeah, all this time. 30 odd years. So, you know, and and the, the secondary guy is going, "No, it's over, it's over." And Warmax is like, "Not for Mason, it is." Yeah. And um, and again, we're as an audience we're having it reinforced. Mason is this badass, but yeah, Mason decides that he wants to quit and walk off. And uh, leave Stanley, old uh, slippery well, Nick, on his own. Well, Stanley's trying to like say to him why he should help as well, isn't he? He's saying you should help because, like, yeah. Oh, uh, he explains why the real reason as to yeah. Why... So they're on their way. They're, they're sort of walking along and having a bit of a a chat and. Uh, this is the bit where, as they're having a chat, the uh, the Marines realise that there's a, there's a Navy two... SEALs weapon and radio's um, yeah. gone. So they realise that there must be a couple of guys still on the loose, or at least a guy on the loose. So they throw a load of bombs down the holes and try and blast them. And as they kind of go into the water, their comms get knocked out, but they've got locators on, so... Our FBI guys in command can no, still they're know they're alive, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they can't talk to them. But just before they lost that radio silence from them bombs, you know, they're chatting to Stanley and saying, you've got to convince Mason and Mason's not having any of it. Mason's got all the guns and it's all a bit... And he explains to Mason as to why they're actually really there. Yeah. Because up until this point, Mason has been in the dark as to like... 
Didn't he flash him his badge or something and says, do you know what that says? It says, like, chemical weapons specialist. Yeah. Why did he take his badge? Like, he's... he's For this he's, moment, obviously. He's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's not in his suit with his badge on yeah, his yeah, hip yeah. anymore. He's in Navy SEAL tack clothing and he bought his FBI ID <laughs> card with him. Just in case anyone... Any, but, anyone yeah, who... it pricks up Mason's ears to, like, oh, chemical weapons, i better pay attention. And then, obviously, his daughter lives in... Um... San yes. Francisco. Yes. So obviously he's yeah. more than obliged to help. Yeah, you've now. got to help out now. Yeah, yes. You know, your daughter's face is going to melt off. Not that, like, they play on the fact that he is a nice, empathetic, compassionate man who cares about humanity. No, he cares about one single person. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> um, so they're, they're climbing the stairs out of the sewers now to get into the morgue. And uh, and and Mason's just agreed to to help Stanley and to try and save the day and be, be the hero that he was before he was imprisoned and forgotten about. And uh, he Stanley says that he'll do his best. Uh, yeah, which uh, I I know, even though I'd never seen this film, I know that this is a real, real famous line. It's I've a heard ripper the... of a line. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and, the, and I think the way it plays out is really nice as well with, with what Nick Cage does. Um, it, do you know the line you want to go for this one? Um, it is. Um... So Nick Nick Cage says. Uh, you know, I'll do my best. And Sean Connery's like really laying on the Scottish accent. Your best. Yeah, he's like you know? losers. Losers do their best. Yeah, uh, losers always whine about their best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Losers always whine about their best. Uh, winners go home and fuck the prom queen. Which gold. <laughs> <laughs> it's just gold. Yeah. And Stanley cocks his gun in a very macho way, saying. Carla yeah, was the problem. Queen. I like how he's like, was. Like, he's already thinking, she's fucking dead. Like, not is. <laughs> That's not like... <laughs> so, yeah, that's good. And, yeah, big battle. Big gun yeah, yeah, blast in the morgue. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, um, there's rockets in the morgue, which Stanley needs to defuse. Yeah, which so... kind of reminded me... Um, <laughs> I don't know why, it just reminded me of... I've recently been playing the Arkham Knight on PlayStation 4. I know, like, it's 2017, PlayStation's came out ages ago, but um, I'm not I'm a man who's with my the old games, man. Yeah, yeah, but um, it just reminded me of, like, there's a scene very early on in that where you have to, like, be... A lot of this reminded me of computer games because it's <laughs> that kind of thing you can imagine, like, yeah. removing those really sensitive balls and you have to be... Really careful with the joystick as you're pulling them out, <laughs> and then kind of having to like kind of operation style get your hand in to remove this microchip. Yeah, but he nails it. Yeah, and like at times, I don't know. He seems very like they seem to be very cautious with it, but then like at other times they're not cautious. Yeah, fucking these, these little gel caps of. Death. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go from being incredibly resilient to being thrown around to being the most fragile. Fragile, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fragile. <laughs> don't damage it, my precious sort of things ever. But yeah, this big battle kind of goes on, and this is the bit where Mason really shows us what he's made of in 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 his big first. Yeah, he's fight. fucking taking everyone and he's out, shooting guys, and he shoots this uh, air vent, uh, air conditioner unit yeah, or something onto a guy, which. Uh, it looked like an air conditioner. It might have just been vents, but again, there wouldn't have been air conditioning 
on Alcatraz. Know, yeah. On Alcatraz. <laughs> you know, it's it's a really old rundown building. But anyway, that falls down and, and kills a guy conveniently just before he's going to lob a grenade. So Mason's there's no, nothing up. becomes of that grenade though. Surely the pin no, has been. I don't fu- think he pulled, pulled the pin. He didn't it pull it the took pin. him. You know, the the time that it takes Mason to draw his gun, realise what's going on, shoot this air conditioning unit and that air conditioning unit to fall. It's a good four or five seconds worth of shooting this air conditioner. That's definitely enough time to pull a pin. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the guy struggles with the (laughs) pin. Classic. And uh, yeah, so he's killed. And yeah, Mason's time to shine is up. And Stanley's going to step in now and defuse these rockets. And yeah. But and like, that's just a case of taking it apart and pulling out the guidance chip, right? So that yeah. the rocket splashes down in the waters and uh, detonates underwater, which in water, the VX gas is neutralised, which is really convenient that yeah, they're definitely. on Alcatraz, surrounded by, by water. water. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, like, like everything in this film, there's so many conveniences. <laughs> it's now Stan's turn to step up and do that, and he does, but he puts Mason in his place. And that's sort of, this is where that exchange between these two heroes is that singularly, is that singularly? On their own, they're not, they haven't got the tools and the skills to do the job. They need the brains and the brawn. Yeah, definitely. They need the pair of them to work as a Um, team. And that's in this scene for sure. And then they're kind of amazingly like at the spike, with seconds to spare, he like gets out just as like the um, marines come in. Start yeah, they're ambushed again, and then they dive through this kind of hatch uh, into like some Donkey Kong style like <laughs> mining carts uh, out of fucking nowhere. Yeah, I've written that. The only thing that I and and I never, I never question this any <laughs> other time that I watch this film. Why on this prison they've got this entire mine system and. The only thing I could think of was it's the old-fashioned laundry. Yeah, but like... The, but they're in a morgue. Yeah. So the hatch in the morgue goes down to these mine carts. And I, I wrote down big old shaft. <laughs> <laughs> because it was a long, big track. Yeah, it was good. And then I re- wrote, and I underlined it because I thought that's quite funny, big old shaft. <laughs> I didn't realise as I wrote it. But yeah, um, they, they, they have this... Like you say, it's Donkey Kong, really. They're, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. hammering it tooth and nail down this track with bad guys in more carts chasing yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then um, uh, Mason's bag of goodies. Yeah, they get to the end play. of the track. Yeah. They get to the end of the track and get flipped out and Mason's hanging upside down, seemingly trapped, but wait. <laughs> yeah, and then a Marine comes like above him and then he's like, I, I, I think he would have noticed a few moments of this. One is being sprayed with kerosene. Yeah, so his bag ankles. of tricks with only three items, three washers, waterproof matches, and a little bottle of uh, flammable material. Yeah, yeah. So he sprays he the kerosene, use. yeah, at the guy, flicks a match on him. Yeah. And bosh. Yeah. Bye-bye, Charlie. That marine goes down into the, the water below, and Mason climbs up. And all the while that's going on, Stan is in his minecart and being shot at by two Marines who then, they're a bit stupid, they throw a grenade, they didn't cook the grenade, the grenade goes in, Stanley picks it up, throws it straight back at him, he misses because he's a donkey, and 
he's being shot at. But Mason comes in, kills one of the Marines, and then gets into fisticuffs with, with the, the other, other one. one. And then it gives Stanley his time to shine in that... I imagine this would have been a big moment for him because yeah. this is the first person he'd ever shot. Yeah, pulls the trigger, kills the guy, and, uh, and Mason's relieved and says, you know, thanks very much, glad you didn't hesitate. Yeah, yeah. And then says, you know, that he'd have, for some reason, he just comes out with, uh, you know, on, on reflection, he'd rather have been a poet or a farmer. <laughs> which um, I thought was a bit of a weird thing to come out with. You know, on reflection of, of all the violence, he said, yeah, I'd rather have been a poet or a farmer, but maybe it shows his softer side. And then we have that it is eight hours until the deadline. Yeah, a very to keep us on plot, I think, a very small visit back to the White House with all of the plebs sitting around the table uh, just to highlight, you know, oh, we haven't got the money yet. We've, we've got some time, but it's ticking out. Yeah. And, and that was literally it, wasn't it? It was a really small scene just to go and visit them, I guess. Um, and then they're kind of pootling about the place and then Hummel wants his guidance chips. Yeah. So all of the all of the guidance chips that old Slippery Nick's stolen out of the rockets, he, uh, he decides to... Hummel wants them back and he decides to take a hostage and announce over the uh, 30-year-old but still working tannoid system of the prison <laughs> that he's going to execute a hostage unless uh, he's they give themselves back up. his chips. Yeah. So, uh, of course, Stanley, trying to do the right thing, gets the chips out and is a bit like, oh, no, game over, we've got to give the chips back, which Mason then snatches out of his hands and destroys them. And Mason then orders Stan to go and find the rest of the chips yeah, whilst just... he surrenders and saves the hostage. So Mason does, he surrenders. And I love the in silhouette walk that yeah, Mason down does. down the stairs, yeah, yeah. Bowling down the <laughs> corridor past all the hostages with their hands clambering out to this, <laughs> this lonesome 60-year-old man walking past their cells. And he walks straight up to Hummel and, uh, and they have a chat. And he kind of says to him, like... Oh, he has a brilliant line, and he says to him, uh, he says something along the lines of, uh, in my personal opinion, you're a bit of a prick or something like that. Yeah, I, can't, I don't know the exact line, yeah. but yeah, he's, he, it's along the lines, of, I mean, back, back to what you said, is that I, when I said that I kind of agree with Hummel's yeah, yeah. reasoning of being there, and you said, yeah, but there's other ways of going about it, yeah. I think that's pretty much what Mason says, is that, you know, I think you're a bit of a fucking idiot for, for doing what you're doing, because, you know, killing fucking tens of thousands of people to honour a few thousand dead soldiers yeah, yeah, seems yeah. a bit backward. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> uh, Hummel doesn't really like that because he's just given this little speech about how the Tree of Liberty needs to be refreshed from time to time and, you know, gets a bit kind of... Yeah, yeah. Try, tries to be educational and then, yeah, gets knocked down by Mason basically calling him a prick. And then around this time, um, Stanley has been caught by two of the Marines. They kind yeah, of he gets jumped sc- again. Scuffling. Um, did, yeah, he managed to... Did he manage to take out another missile? No. No, because there's two... Yeah, no, he takes out one more, leaving there only two Yeah, left. that's it. So, yeah, he, he, gets the, he gets one more chip. Gets jumped by two Marines, pushing him through a window, and... Then they end up both, are, like, yeah, they're taken both in and put in cell. cells. Um, Separate cells, on different floors, and away from the cells where the hostages are. And, and conveniently, not one Marine is guarding them. 
And then they're just we, left in their cells. And we wake up like you have the next. It's the next day, and it says something like an hour until seven hours since. Hang on. Yeah, no, it's no, yeah, it's seven hours later. Seven hours since the last communications with uh, from the FBI. So, in the tunnel system, when they go underwater and their communications get knocked out, and Mason gets all the guns, and they, you know, since the the massacre in the showers, that's seven hours. So we've seen them get the morgue, the minecart, which takes up twenty. But that's what it says. And that says seven hours. It says here, yeah, it says here, because it is the next day. It says one, I'm pretty sure it said like an hour, like an hour until deadline. And then Mason seems to get them out of the jail cells very fucking easily by making a kind of like lasso and these kind of, again, computer game style thing. It just reminds everything about this. Well, like he he uses bed sheets from the cells and tears them up, plats them to make a, a makeshift rope, gets a bit of random metal to make some kind of weighted hook, and then flings it out of his cell. And like I'm thinking, those bed sheets, like, I'm pretty sure when they closed the prison, they'd have got rid of the beds and all the crap in the cells. I'd, like, imagine, I'd imagine if it was... 30-year-old it... bed sheets probably wouldn't have been left there, but they were, and he used them I imagine if advantage. it's a tourist attraction, though. Like, to give... Yeah, to... We see Stanley laying in his cell with nothing in the cell. That is true. Yet, <laughs> Sean Connery, the one that's got the means and the brains to get out of there, has also got the tools yeah, that enable that him to do it. But he's got the tools to do it, but they've been in there... All night, they've been in there <laughs> for at least six hours, or like five hours. A good, good while. <laughs> Why the fuck didn't he do it early? That's what I mean. When they need to, time can just like disappear like that. But when they need to, yeah. it can be as long as they fucking want. Um, yeah, forty-hour deadline was a bit too much. <laughs> I think they it sort of ran away from them, didn't it? But, and yeah. um, Mason again, rightly so, is like. I want, I want to go. I want to get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> Busts out of cell and he's like, I'm not going to be ambushed again, man. I'm sick. I'm going home. <laughs> Off I go. I'm going to go and see my daughter. Stanley again tries to get him to stay. And um, the big wigs then ask Hummel for one more hour. They said, like, the president, like, we're still waiting on him to give us, like, confirmation about yeah. the money. Just give us yeah. one more hour, and all his troops are getting tested. Yeah, they're like, stalling for time because they know that they're, you know, they know Stanley and Mason may still be out of yeah, yeah. the day. Plus, we're waiting on our secondary plane attack to to be ready. So they're stalling, and you know they, they do that. Hummel basically says, "Piss off!" You, you know, you've, you've you've got the hour. And and cracks start to show in in Hummel's team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can start the guys to are getting see, testy and like, let's yeah, fucking do this now. Some, some of the junior members of their bunch of merry men are, are starting to question. They're being respectful at this stage, but they're questioning Hummel's ability to to go through and yeah, actually definitely. execute eighty thousand people in San Francisco. And then um, Stanley gets caught once a fucking again, and then. Uh, it's kind of cool because he's like he says to the guy who's um, got him by the neck. He's like glass or plastic. Yeah, glass <laughs> or plastic. Yeah, and he's like, are the are the are the balls made of glass or plastic? Because that will determine 
whether we could die or not. No, 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 no. He said, he, uh, the guy's got him by the scruff of the neck with a gun pointed and he says glass or plastic and the Marine is, is shouting at him to shut up and he says, no, choose glass or plastic because if the winds change and this shit detonates in the atmosphere, the winds will carry the gas back towards Alcatraz yeah, yeah, yeah. and you'll either leave in a glass jar or a plastic bag. Oh! He's basically saying, you know, it's going to reduce you to mush. <laughs> like your face will melt off and you'll either be scooped up and put in a plastic bag or a I'll glass jar. I fucking miss that one, guys. Yeah. Uh, but he says to him, like, give me the gun. Yeah. And like, we'll, we'll like... We'll, we'll save the day together. Yeah, we'll You'll be my new Mason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, at this point, Mason snaps a guy's fucking neck, uh, which was pretty fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> and hands the gun over the shoulder to Stan. Yeah. Cause who's unaware that Mason's done yeah, this. Yeah. And he's like, you made the right decision. <laughs> and, then, um, uh, and then Mason's like, you know, Fucking the last time I swam this channel, I was your age. Yes, so I'm but... fucked either way. <laughs> so he decides to to get back on board with Operation Stanley and Mason. Hummel then decides to launch, doesn't he? He says, "All right, we'll launch." Um, <laughs> Captain Fry, one of the little wieners of the the band of Merry Men, he's he's a bit of a piss wipe, and he. he I think he looks a little bit like Joker. He's got that horrible wide smirk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He keeps pushing Hummel to step up and and put a show of force on to show that they're not messing around. Hummel sort of reluctantly agrees and uh, and yeah, they, they launch and everyone on shore sees the rocket go out into the bay. And then they realise where it's heading. It's heading right towards an American football stadium. They're like, yeah. fuck. Cue people shitting themselves. Yeah. What's going to happen? <laughs> and e- the- even Mason and uh, Stanley are looking out the window. Oh shit. It's gone. It's yeah, gone. Yeah, the missile's gone. And then... Um, Hummel has a like change in heart in that he redirects the missile to miss the football game and go into the water. Um, that leaves one rocket left. One rocket, one rocket left. left. But it also but cements the mutiny that was brewing amongst the team. Definitely. Uh, um, and then at the same time as this, when the uh, missile goes into sea... We get this out of nowhere scene of the president giving some speech about Hummel and like literally war and stuff. But I found this so weird because it's such an eloquent speech. And it's like, who the fuck is he talking to? Because all I could see was him looking out of the window. Yeah, it's (laughs) normally one of the ones that would have gone out over radio or a press conference like... This is our darkest hour. We need to stand together as a nation. Um, How do we weigh up the lives of 81 civilian hostages on Alcatraz versus 80,000 people in San Francisco? But yeah, I think 81's less than 80,000. So I'm going to order an airstrike and it's going to blow up Alcatraz. And sadly, all those people on there will die, but we'll we'll have saved the day. And uh, do you know who that do you know how I reckon that was for? Like a lot of the fucking dialogue in that, that is not for any of the characters in the <clears> film. <throat> that was for us. Yeah, it was for our benefit to, <laughs> to put us in a position where we're thinking, yeah, Stanley and Mason have failed. They're gone. Shit is They're going gonna get, down. They're going to get blown up. And, and we cut to uh, the general and major. Uh, so the general 
Hummel, he's got his right-hand man, and they're having a discussion as to why Hummel changed the coordinates. The the little pissy Marines are getting a bit antsy. Yeah. And, and the mutiny is in full throws now, and guns are, are drawn on each other. Well, yeah, I said it's kind of like a Mexican standoff. Yeah. It's like yeah. Sorry, everyone's just yeah. pointing guns at each other, as in, like... I'm going to fucking shoot you. You're going to fucking shoot me. We're all going to fucking shoot each other. Yeah. If shit like... And, shit and Mason and Stanley are sort of... They're watching this... Yeah, like a couple of perverts. <laughs> yeah, they're watching it go on. I think Mason fires a few shots in and, and tries to help. Stanley grabs Hummel, drags so, him off to the where's side. Where's the rocket? Yeah, where's the rocket? Where's the last rocket? And, and pretty much... He says it's in the lighthouse. Yeah. And straight away... He heads towards the lighthouse and is met by... I didn't get this guy's name. Did he have a name? Uh, the guy who meets him in the lighthouse. Who meets... Uh, Rocket Man. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know what his what his name was, but yeah, Stanley gets there and he just he, he he's partly diffused that last rocket. Yeah, and so like, it's still an active rocket, but it's not got the bad shit in it. Yeah, and he lines him up perfectly in front of the rocket. Yeah, and then asks him a little joke. Uh, it is a classic Nick Cage joke. Yeah, well, he says, like, uh, do you, I, I, I can't really remember this. All I've got is a... I've got a joke. Afterwards, I will actually tell he, you he, a joke. He, he, <laughs> he, he, so the, the bad guy is standing in front of the rocket and he says, uh, you know, we got off onto the wrong foot. Um, let's start again. Do you like music? What about Elton John's Rocket Man? And, and the bad guy's like, I don't like pussy-ass music. And he goes, <laughs> well, I only say because it's you. You're the Rocket Man. And he flicks the switch and the rocket shoots this guy out over and he lands on a spike and he's impaled and yeah it's you know, fucking brutal yeah it's a bit bit yeah it's probably one of the most brutal kind of deaths and because it's in daylight at this 100%, point as well, yeah, looks, yeah. A little, looks, looks a little bit sick so. um, um but yeah he, he's only partly diffused the rocket so he's got the guidance chip he hasn't destroyed it yet and he's got this string of pearls these delicate yeah, yeah. hair gel um i just wanted to ask you uh why doesn't elton john like lettuce I don't know. I haven't heard this one. No, because he's a rocket man. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. <laughs> um, sorry, that's I should have seen that after. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but yeah, it's good. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> after this, uh, one of the like string of pearls, one of the balls nearly falls off the top of the lighthouse. Yeah, and um, you've got old piss wipes there, like kind of trying to get in, isn't he? Like trying to get at Mason. No, trying to get at Stanley. Sorry. Yeah. So so he's fired off. Rocket Man, and he's killed him. He's handing the he's he's got these balls in his hand, and <laughs> there's a sniper starts yeah. shooting at him, which causes him to hurry. And as he hurries, one of the balls drops. So he sort of carefully lays down all the, of the stringer pearls, the hair gel, and then dives things, on the other one, <laughs> and then dives on the other one before it goes over the edge. And as he grabs it, you know, all this gunfire's around him. He's he's he turns into a bit of a wet wet nerd. That we yeah, kind yeah, of well, saw yeah, yeah. in the beginning, really, didn't he? Um, and Mason tackles the the guy, the sniper on the roof, and kills him. And we see at this point that the airstrike is closing in. Yes, it is like imminent very airstrike. vastly approaching. Um, and then Stanley has a scuffle with this guy. Yeah, so they're pretty much the last marine now that's left. Yeah, um, he's obviously aware that. Everything's gone to shit. All of his comrades are dead, but he's the one that was really greedy for the the money. He was really kind of 
Yeah, and he just wanted to fucking kill everyone. Yeah, he didn't really want to bluff and and do that. He wanted to fire the rocket and and follow the mission through. Yeah, uh, because we had found out that, like, Hummel's, like, reasoning for the whole thing was, I just wanted to call people's bluff. Yeah. It's like, the mission's over now because, Yeah, I wanted the money. I wanted to make a point. But I bluffed. They called it. I ain't going to kill anyone. Yeah, I'm not going to kill everyone. They're like, well, we fucking are because... We're no longer, and they're kind of like, yeah, but there's an honour amongst like military men. Yeah. Like, well, we're not military men anymore because... Yeah, yeah, as soon we're as mercenaries, and mercenaries get, get paid. paid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, he has this fight with this last Marine. And, and now it's personal. He really wants to kick Stanley's ass. Yeah, He's yeah, like, of course. I'm going to kick your ass, you little nerd. You've taken my boy, you've, you've shot my boyfriend off into space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You shot my boyfriend, you've, you've ruined my chances for money, and now you've got my last guidance chip. So Stanley's hiding, and he throws the guidance chip just in, in view of uh, this guy. And he, and he puts the, the little hair gel, the one that fell off in his top pocket yeah and then as the as the soldier the marine goes to pick up the guidance chip stanley heroically makes a, a bold and daring move and has a little scuffle with him gets a bit overthrown and yeah. he's now got this marine on top of him in a precarious sort of <laughs> situation cowgirl position and uh yeah stanley shoves the like hair gel hair gel <laughs> into his fucking mouth and like instantly kind of runs off and knows there's only one way I'm going to fucking survive this. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty instant for that Marine. He's, he's got a mouthful of hair gel. He's spewing up what looks like alien-y stuff <laughs> from uh, the, uh, the alien blood from the alien movies. His cheeks are already starting to melt off. And as he spewed, he's obviously got a little bit on Stanley. And uh, Stanley injects himself with the uh, antidote. Yeah, it's the only way, man. It's the only yeah. way he's going to save himself. He, he's, and then he's got a man up and faces fear of needles. He's laying there thinking, fuck, there's only one way <clears throat> they're going to know not to fucking blow us up. And before we say it, where does he have to stab himself with this needle? In the heart, I think. And going back and watch it, man, it's... Yeah, he's nowhere near his heart. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much stabbed himself in his liver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah. he's like about eight inches south of his yeah, heart. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and then, like, obviously the guys are getting closer. Stanley lights up yeah, the... Yeah, airstrike. It lights up yeah. the flares. But I had a real problem with this. They have been locked in a cell. I'm sure the flares would have been taken from them at an, early, I didn't from think at an earlier point. I didn't think of that. They would have... <laughs> More Definitely. than likely have been stripped yeah. of everything, yeah. Um, but yeah. he manages to get the flares off and at the last conceivable moment, yeah. as as things always have to happen in these types of films, they pull up and they're like, abort, abort. Yeah, yeah they get everyone's... It cuts a lot back to, like, the FBI, the White House, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the FBI command centre... Um, Stanley. everyone's yeah, yeah. being cut to with their looks of panic as if like will they won't they abort 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 yeah and then you've kind of got the fighter jet pilot and one of them had already detonated his payload um that sounded <laughs> really fucking dirty uh, yeah he ejected one of his well that doesn't sound much better either. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, he let he let go one of his rockets <laughs> and then um but as, just, because he pulled up, it, it, it's not on target. So yeah, yeah. As he's pulling up, he lets lets go of one of his his missiles, and it hits conveniently on the back of the island where the hostages aren't. 
and station. Throws, <laughs> throws Stanley off the island. Doesn't kill him or anything like that. Just well, we don't know that because as no, soon as I mean, he like, he's splashes not just, like, down in an impact, he just no. literally rides the wave of the the explosion yeah. off the island. Um, and panpipes kick in, yeah. which is the best bit. I love like the music's been on point the whole. Thing. Like for me, I think the music is great in this. I think I, think I really dig music in films, and it just goes to shit when a Stanley <laughs> hits the water, and you think, oh, he's been. He's been blasted, you know, uh, he's, he's probably not dead because he's the hero, but, you know, there's still that little bit, oh, we don't know, we don't know, and oh, now pan pipes, that's really sad, yeah. teary, teary. <laughs> it's just great. And man. then and then Mason pulls him out of the water, and yeah. it's not like it's, sh- like, after this, he's not shook up in the slightest, like, literally, it goes from him being pulled out of the water to the next time you see him, he is fine. Yeah, he's like sitting there, job done. Yeah, yeah, like nothing ever happened. Um, And then the comms all of a sudden are working again. And oh, that's it. Where did they get that? Yeah, yeah. They they they, suddenly picked up another radio. Well, the FBI all of a sudden say, oh, we'll tap into all the comms on the island because we can, because we're the FBI. And a radio that Mason happened to pick up they used to chat to them and um because they're saying good speed come in good speed come in and they ask him what had happened on the island he said well mason is dead yeah. and he gives him a look like he gives him a knowing glance and say like i'm letting you go for this yeah. one like get out of here yeah do mason what softens do. up and gives him a, a thank you after not saying thank you for 30 years and then says, "Do you know the the is it the etymology or the, the the meaning of your name, Goodspeed?" And he says, "It's to wish someone on a prosperous journey." And you're letting me go, so you know where do you want to go for your honeymoon? If you want a journey, then go to I Kansas. suggest go to yeah Fort Worth, Kansas, and check this out. And he's like, "Oh, I was thinking about going to Maui." <laughs> and yeah, Mason disappears, and he realizes that he's given him the location to of the microfilm, yeah, that he had stolen. And um, it's kind of like uh, Stanley gets congratulated by all of like by the FBI bigwigs and stuff like that. Yeah, but I don't understand. Why they all had to go to Alcatraz? Why they couldn't? Well, why does everyone have to be there? See, this is, this is what I love about your podcast is that you pick up on those details and remember to write them down. Like now you've said it, it seems so obvious. That why are they there? They would have very quickly extracted. Yeah. They yeah they would have extracted him, brought him back to command, and then asked the question. Yeah. But no. yeah suddenly, the entire FBI. <laughs> Commands post everyone, from everyone, the bay. Yeah. I'm ends up on wasn't there. I'm surprised, like his yeah, his girlfriend wasn't there. It was fucking he probably crazy. was sitting in a helicopter, yeah. being patient. Um, <laughs> yeah, when War- and Walmax like rushing up to him, you know, where's Mason? Where's his body? I want to see that little prick. Oh, he's like, he's like it, it, it disintegrated. Like, yeah, vaporized, vaporized. Sorry, gone. there you go. I know the science. Yeah. he's gone. And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I would imagine you've got to be halfway intelligent to make it to be the director of the FBI. But he seems to just accept this. Anything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, he's vaporised. Oh. Oh, well, I was really looking forward to seeing his body, but yeah. if he's vaporised and I can't, yeah, I then yeah, yeah. I'll go home. <laughs> and then, um, and then I just found the ending of this pretty weird because um, it's him running out of a church with, like, 
the, the obviously in Fort Worth, uh, in yeah, Fort yes, Worth, Kansas. It's, it's the church in Kansas where the microfilm was hidden. And then he, thirty odd years ago, he jumps. This into, church is still there. Yeah, he jumps into a car and then they just drive off into sunset. For me, this felt like National Treasure, the prequel. Like <laughs> I, I admit, I have seen the National Treasure film, but I was like. That's what this for like for me going into the National Treasure films. The Rock is going to be a prequel to me because I just don't get. And like, what was he going to do with that? Did did Mason mean for him to 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 for him to now know the secrets and if anyone fight like to live a life of lies and yeah, I mean, if he gets found out or to hand it in or I just don't get. What they it, were. it was a strange gift. I I would have if I was Mason. I would have kind of yeah disappeared off into the sunset but i wouldn't have tried you know that's his ticket to you know even sell it to the newspapers or something yeah you know but it's sort of i'd want to thank for it i've sat on it for 30 odd years and suddenly he's given it to someone that he's known for 40 hours yeah like, I just <laughs> less than I just, 40 hours i just don't get it um yeah. so i don't know from ex- <laughs> that and then yeah that is that is the end um yeah. from experience in this film uh in this environment, do you still enjoy it? Like, not saying I'm here to like say it's like, oh, uh, you have kind of pissed on uh, my chips. Sorry, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah. Scum, I've just, I've just developed. I think, I think I've developed into a cynical piece of shit throughout well, the process of this podcast. Um, like I said at the start, you know, this was one of my favourite movies, but more for nostalgia points, and I don't think that will can be Where diminished yeah, yeah, yeah. you know because that that's sort of yeah definitely uh, my idea of what this film sort of is and was like every sort of friday night when i was a, a young yeah, teenager yeah, yeah. i used to go around my cousin's house we used to order pizza and we used to sit and watch whatever we'd rented from the video shop and it was very much a go to a video shop it wasn't blockbuster yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a small shitty village video shop and it was all vhs dvd weren't out and we'd get films and we were both Nick Cage fans nice nice and and that sort of when I watch those three films and this one as well you know like it, it just that that's yeah, what yeah. I love as much as the film um but yeah the the, the highlight the plot holes the timings the the little bits that don't I, make sense I actually think it makes it better for me because it makes me laugh at like yeah yeah, yeah. Nick Cage well, like, a that's the thing more. um not like I'm not like obviously I'm seem like down on this film yeah. obviously like i feel like that is partly my job whilst in this podcast <laughs> i like it very not in mind i did still enjoy it i yeah. found it was fun like did you did, did you enjoy it because yeah. i haven't asked you the whole time yeah, yeah. Like... i'm definitely going to watch this like i'm looking forward to watching this film without the kind of like having to put any scrutiny on it or having sure. to like, to just kind of what this film kind of deserves is like so with, with on your shut your brain off caged like, in paradise one you said yeah I'd watch that trapped in paradise like it's a good Christmas movie yeah 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 you know so what where where does this fall in for you what's this, for me uh, this is like kind of like you were saying like a Friday night maybe like a couple of beers a pizza just kind of like chilling yeah, out like nothing like, else is on yeah you can you can kind of switch your brain off to it like. Jeremy, you know I mean? it's, it's it's very much a leave your brain at the door. Like you don't have to be, you don't have to like engage like massively. Yeah. It's not like big 
plot twist so you don't have to write like as we see here like people in the credits are not even given names because you don't need to read like some of them like there's a guy who's just listed as marine that dies um yeah and all, and all <laughs> of them die yeah. but others did get marine a b and c so yeah, marine yeah, that dies I mean. but they don't need we're gonna have to check his picture out and see <laughs> why he got the. Maybe he was the guy that was the Rocket Man because he had the best death. I'm not sure, but do, no. do you know what I mean by that? That that they don't need like yeah, um, yeah. You don't need to like check it. You don't need to know everyone's name. It's not. It's not a complex. It's not like a. It's not like a prestige or 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 an inception where like yeah. if you went to the toilet and came back like you could pick up on what happened oh god yeah this is this is a film that yeah you could because someone will explain it to you someone Absolutely. will say yeah, like yeah, yeah. hey did you just go to the toilet well yeah. now we've got 30 hours <laughs> and like so this has happened yeah. and like, he just got another rocket <laughs> yeah yeah another marine's dead but we now know obviously what we think about this film it is time to see. So I'm nervous because I genuinely don't know what the ratings are and I know it's that time and because I'd already sort of I, I couldn't help but go in with expectations so I couldn't really abide <laughs> to that rule that's fine because um, uh, I'd already seen it and uh, I, I like the podcast listening to Cage films that I haven't seen and then going and saying like, I can watch them this one was like, oh, if I'm going to be a guest on the show, I want to do one of those three films yeah. because of the nostalgia. Um, yeah, go on, piss on my chips again. Tell me, and you got four or something. No, like no, that. no. Well, there is there is three scores. I always I always go for whichever three scores come up yeah. when I Google a film. So we have IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, and Metacritic. Yeah. Um, I mean, out of ten, I. For, for back then and nostalgia reasons, you know, being one of my top films, I'd have given it a, a strong eight or a nine yeah. out of ten. Um, what do you reckon it's, it's got Realistically, coming back now, and it is just one of those... Like, I had it on VHS. I don't have a VHS player now. I have a DVD player and a Blu-ray player. I haven't bought this movie. So the only time I've seen this in the last God knows how long is if it's been on TV yeah, and there's yeah. nothing else on and I've gone, oh yeah, I'll watch that. Yeah. And then today. So it's it's not as important to me now. So I'm thinking realistically, maybe seven, seven and a half. 7.4 this has on IMDb. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it has 66%. And Metacritic, 58%. Oh, boo, Metacritic. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, they're not bad, but they're probably fair. But yeah, it yeah. is, it kind of, I think that's what this kind of deserves. It's not, it's not a bad film, but like, there are plenty of plot, but then again, there's plenty of plot holes in plenty of action films. Like, yeah. if, like, I really love Commando, that film. That was another one. <laughs> that that like, the, yeah, it's an Arnold Schwarzenegger classic. Yeah. But that that film has more holes than fucking Swiss cheese. Like it is ridiculous <laughs> at how many plot holes. Yeah. But it's like it's the same again, as all the Van Damme films. Like, it's that huge same thing. Van Damme you have film. to leave your brain at the door. There's kind of you have to suspend belief you kind of just have to let the film kind of wash over you just feel fuck it yeah. yeah it's a bit of popcorn fun like yeah and that's like you 
sometimes that's what you need. You don't need you don't need like chin scratching David Lynch. Like, what the fuck does this even mean all the time or whatever? Like, yeah, I, I've, as I said, despite all my like hazing of the film, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Smashing man. Yeah. Oh uh, well. Um. As always, guys. I've been Petrus Pat Silvers. I've been Mike, aka that Mr. Christopher. We've been caged in. You've been rad. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Copa Connections, A Droop Town Limery, Maine, Franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs, it's more than a podcast network. It's family.